radical left has taken over the Democratic Party. Hello and welcome to Think Progressively, covering politics and all the other chaos life has to offer. This is episode 57, recorded on Friday, January 7th from Milwaukee. Happy New Year! Kind of, late. Happy late New Year. We're back from the New Year and holidays and stuff. I'm Joe. And I'm Jason. And on today's episode, we reflect on the one-year anniversary of the January 6th insurrection and discuss the HBO documentary, Four Hours at the Capitol. But first, the headlines. Headlines. The fact is that everything he's saying so far is simply a lie. I'm not here to call out his lies. Everybody knows he's a liar. What do you want to talk about first? You want to talk about... Uh, I want to talk about Candace Owens. Oh, right-wing grifting. I want to All talk right. about right-wing grifting and how we live in the most bizarre world possible where Trump is the voice of reason. I actually shuddered when I heard <laughs> some of the comments uh, during this interview, and it sounded like things that I've said in the past. I It reflexively just my skin was crawling. So for those of you who don't know, Candace Owens is a right-wing grifter who got famous Famous through the whole Blexit movement or trying to start the Blexit movement, trying to get black Americans away from the Democratic Party. After being a supporter previously and not catching on as a popular voice. Within uh, Dem circles. Correct. Yep. But then she found grifting and became super rich and wealthy because everyone needs that one token black woman. I'm not racist. I have a black friend. It's Candace Owens. <laughs> Basically, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So Trump's one black friend. Oh, sorry. His second black His first black friend is Ben Carson. His second second black friend Candace Owens interviewed him on the Daily Wire because Trump has nothing to do anymore other than sit and moan about a variety of things including vaccines and vaccine mandates. Now Candace Owens being pretty hardcore anti-vax with the whole COVID thing. No one's anti-vax Joe. They just constantly tell you that vaccines are not safe or effective and you shouldn't get them but they're not anti-vax. No one okay. is anti-vax. Well, and here's the thing. I'd say, again, she's grifting. She is vaccinated. There are records of her going to places and public events that required a vaccine ID. She claims she is somehow able to circumvent those rules because yeah, she not. is part of the elite class. Yeah, that's called a lie because she lies a lot. So in this interview, she talked to President Trump or former President Trump about vaccines and how there are more deaths from COVID under the Biden administration than under the Trump administration and shows that the vaccines actually are aren't doing a damn thing. Trump replied saying, no, vaccines work just fine. I take a lot of credit for how the vaccines rolled out and I'm vaccinated. Everyone should get vaccinated and boosted. And then like the world shattered. (laughs) Yes. He even said vaccines are one of the greatest inventions that we've ever made as a species. I mean, he personally took credit. Yeah, he personally took credit for the Moderna, J&J and Pfizer vaccine. He personally took, I created three vaccines (laughs) to fight COVID last year. In the in the Oval Office, I was out there with the beakers and the Bunsen burners. So these comments led Republicans to lose their absolute minds, go crazy, and now are starting to doubt Trump? I, I don't even know what's happening right now. How would you characterize what's going on? Uh, Candace Owens' response was to say that Trump just doesn't understand the internet and can't oh, do his own great. research. That was so good. He's an older man who just doesn't go on the internet as much as we do, and he doesn't understand how to do his own research. Even though he's spent way more time on the 
internet than he did actually being the president in the last four years. So what do you take from this whole exchange? What do you think happens with this? And what do you think the fallout for Trump is going to be because of this? We've kind of had this similar thing happening previously, and it still didn't matter. You're it, talking about when he got booed for right? Being he, yeah, yeah. He's, it's happened, and we're like, oh, well, maybe this is the tide's finally turning. Trump's really not in control anymore. And no, it, they just forget about it. And that's what'll happen here, too. Well, and I think Trump is doing this because, of course, Trump is the most selfish person in the entire freaking world. He wants credit for the vaccines. He tried to get credit for it when he was running against Joe Biden, but he did so many stupid things around it. No one cared. And the vaccine wasn't really out yet. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't available at right. that time. So I think he wants to finally get credit for the vaccine rollout, but no one cares anymore. And he spread so much vaccine misinformation that his entire base is now not getting vaccinated and doesn't trust the vaccines that he wants credit for. Yeah, this is like the one conspiracy theory that he doesn't subscribe to. That oh, well, vaccines are bad. He's not now, at least. Right. And maybe he'll change his mind. He's done it in the past. So maybe he'll see. And he's tried to couch it before. Like, well, you got to have your freedom. But yep. And he said the same thing here, too. But that's not the really hardcore position is not, you know, everyone should be free to get the vaccine if they want. It's no, the vaccine is dangerous and you shouldn't get it. Well, that's what people like Candace Owens are pushing right now. And that's I mean, you see that for regular people, too. There's like online, there's certain things that people are using, like the, the term pure blood I've seen being used by oh, people who are unvaccinated. Yeah, I haven't seen that to, uh, you know, they call themselves pure bloods because they haven't you know had their DNA altered by the vaccine. I've now seen the phrase vaccine apartheid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Too. Um, so that's been interesting lately. But it's just I, I don't even know what's going on with this because you have people who are so blatantly lying and no one's calling them out at all for this. Well, no on their own side, plenty of people are calling them out for this, but it's just there's no consequences. No one cares. The and right what do you even do is, about this? The right has become a party of extremists. And we'll talk about it a little bit later on when we talk about the speech uh, that Joe Biden gave yesterday. Sure. Yeah. But it is. The Republican Party is a party of extremists. And you have to toe that extremist line or you're going to get ostracized. And you see, even with Donald Trump, the person that they took a lot of these cues from, the guy who really fed into this whole conspiracy narrative. And much like in the 80s, when his name became synonymous with luxury, he didn't really do anything for that. It's all marketing. It kind of happened the same way with this, with the QAnon conspiracy being so popular and Trump being a central figure. It wasn't anything that he did. It sure. was just something he was wrapped up into. Sure. And so a lot of the culture that sprung up is extremely heavy into these conspiracies, and they don't trust anything that comes from what they consider to be a mainstream source, really any trusted source. So the medical profession is telling you that vaccines are safe and effective. They're going to look for anyone else to tell them that that's not true, that they're being lied to. And that's the that's where they go. So then what do we do with this? What should Democrats do? Uh, because Burn it with fire? Well... <laughs> Sure. But I mean, like Joe Biden actually thanked Donald Trump publicly for what he did with Candace Owens's interview. And he shouldn't. You don't think he should have? No. You look, you can say yes. Obviously, Donald Trump is correct about vaccines being safe and effective. That's that's as far as I would go. I wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, I'm glad he's standing up because he won't. Little bit of credit that you give him is really undeserved. And I, I would bet the next time you see him, he'll have a way that he doesn't completely change his 
disposition because I don't think he's capable of that. But we'll definitely say, well, yeah, there's, you know, maybe we should look into some of the risks associated with the vaccine. But I, I still think, you know, I'm happy that I got it. Some kind of he's going to try to play to it. So sure. I wouldn't be if I'm Joe Biden, I don't give Donald Trump credit for anything. So but my thought was that could be potentially strategically beneficial because I mean, as we see right now, the reason why I even asked is how we deal with the Republican Party is that there, there's just no ideology at play here. It's just they hate everything Democrats are for. Well, and it's culture wars. That's all it is. But it's not even a consistent culture war. It's always just to be the contrarian. Like you said, there's just no reason to do it other than just to be a contrarian. So I'm wondering if we should start thanking Donald Trump for the vaccines so his own base hates him. Well, I think they would come up with some other, again, these conspiracy theories are never ending. You could easily come up with a conspiracy where the the vaccine that Donald Trump created in the bathroom of the White House was perfect, but then, you know, the elitists at the drug companies uh, mutated it somehow and, and are using it as a weapon. Ugh. Good God. Let's talk about more how the Republican Party sucks, huh? It's kind of our thing. Cool. In our next story, Senator Rand Paul was viciously mocked online for saying that Democrats stole the election using legal methods. By convincing voters to vote for them. Not kidding. That- Literally, this is, this is what he said. <laughs> Quote, how to steal an election. Seeding an area heavy with potential Democratic voters with as many absentee ballots as possible, targeting and convincing potential voters to complete them in legally valid ways, and then harvesting and counting the results so voting scandalous literally voting give people absentee ballots have them legally fill them out and turn them in and then count and then count them bastards you know because the enemy of the republican party numbers and this was literally in reference to the ongoing fraudulent investigation into wisconsin election yeah and targeting the robot man boy mark zuckerberg and the money that he gave to local municipalities to run their elections including all sorts of republican areas but they don't care about that nope they're only investigating the areas that voted heavily democrat so the high population areas forget about all of the rural republican areas that really need the funding uh those are fine that's fine you know, I mean, this is kind of a cliche at this point, which is so sad, but I mean, the dog whistles are gone. There's no there's no such thing as like secret dog whistles anymore. It's just straight up like, I'm going to scream as loud as I can, the most crazy shit possible, and people are just going to believe it because screw everything. And that's why Rand Paul's neighbor is a true American hero. <laughs> Keeping on with more Republicans about how they're stupid. Let's talk about Marjorie Taylor well, Greene. Just the word stupid, she should spring to mind naturally. No, because what's the difference between all of them, man? We had Candace Owens, Rand Paul. We're going to talk about Tucker Carlson and Ted Cruz after this. I mean, calling someone stupid, there's just no, like, that's not like a specific thing anymore for certain somebody. Marjorie Taylor Greene is still, she's still in the upper echelon. Oh, okay, she's she's like the top tier stupid. Uh, Rand Paul wishes he was as stupid as Marjorie. <laughs> so what happened to Marjorie Taylor Green this week? One of her accounts, her personal account, not her rep account, uh, was permanently suspended from Twitter. Hooray! Finally. For spreading COVID misinformation, actually. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, of course, it's censorship by the government somehow. And she's tweeting this out from her other, other accounts account about how she's been silenced by Twitter. So she was posting about VARES, which, if you guys don't know, is a system in which people 
can just you can report your symptoms. If you've yes. gotten a vaccine, you probably were prompted to sign up for this system. I did. I reported any side effects I had, yes. and you can literally write anything. Somebody wrote that they turned into a Hulk on it, and it's accepted just along with everything else because they just want to get as much data as they can. Yeah, and literally then, then epidemiologists will then look at and try to find patterns of consistent data and see where things are going wrong if they are so be it right yeah that's how you find out things like well is the the issue that was reported with johnson and johnson with blood clots you know how widespread is that are are a lot of people reporting that sort of thing it's really nice for feedback if people used it responsibly but we live in america (laughs) well i think it's yeah it's pretty much an issue everywhere but yes so anyone can look at the data and literally use that to say oh look all of these people reported that they died. Yep. Yeah, but did that really happen? We don't know. It's again, there's someone that reported they turned into a Hulk. It, it didn't actually happen, though. Marjorie Taylor Greene. Well, but that's probably that she's not the first one to even do this. <laughs> I've seen Republicans and conservatives use this consistently to try to spread doubt about the vaccine. But luckily, at least for us, she got deleted. Yeah, Twitter had enough. Um, Finally, they apparently are not going to let anybody lie and spread this misinformation. And like we're talking about with these conspiracy theories and not trusting anyone and and looking for the data the thing that's honestly ruining the internet the internet i think of something that started when i was a teenager in high school and how cool of an idea it was and oh we're all going to be able to have access to as much information as we could possibly want for any anything any topic you're going to be able to have this just wonderful information repository and it's turned into a literal nightmare of everyone just pushing any kind of crazy insane theory that they can come up with and that being a way to spread this to everyone else and like cite it as a source and really destroy any semblance of education right and it's terrible and that's what it's got it's it shouldn't be if you think of like just the idea of it it's amazing but we've destroyed it as humanity for some reason we've decided that you know we're all experts in everything and we can just spout whatever nonsense we come up with and push it on other people and try to get them to to believe it but now here's the other thing though with marty Taylor green and then we become a representative from georgia <laughs> And then profit. Yeah, and then gain more funding than anyone else in the House somehow. Yeah, that seems how it works. It's great. Welcome to Republican politics in America, my friend. But Marjorie Taylor Greene was actually very, very busy right before she got her account taken away. Because right before that, she talked about how she wanted a national divorce with all the blue states. And that anyone who would come from any of these blue states would not be able to vote after a cooling off period. Literally taking the rights away of people who want to vote. Even though she also lives in a state that would definitely be considered purple at this point. No kidding. And could definitely be blue. But like this is 100% advocating for a freaking civil war. Well, that's, I mean, it's Marjorie Taylor Greene. I wouldn't put it past her. But I don't think this idea is that fringe anymore in the Republican Party. I mean, yeah, it's Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene, but I'm sure there's tons of sentiment like that. Well, that's the thing. It's, she's not fringe anymore. Right. And that's what I was saying earlier with the Candace Owens story. That idea that somebody like her 10 years ago would have just been thought of as a nutcase 
Exactly. And now it's the mainstream. I don't know. So what was her idea of uh, of getting this divorce? Who gets the kids? So on Twitter. Where she's been censored. Where now she's been censored, at least. Green was advocating to moving towards a national divorce where any red state would then become free from all the tyranny of the blue states. Let's also keep in mind that even though she is stripped promoting a civil war right now. A, succes- a secession, certainly, from the union. The GDP of blue states is what keeps all the red states afloat. So let's start with that first. But after that, anyone who wants to come in from a blue state, she would bar them from voting because they are supposedly, quote, brainwashed people who really need a cooling off period. Further, she then tweeted after that saying, after Democrat voters and big donors ruin a state like California, do you think it is wise to stop them from doing it to another great state like Florida? Are you really telling me that she's comparing the highest GDP state in California to the show that's in Florida right now? Of course she is. Florida is like their literal uh, Disney World. If you're a Republican, that's where you go. They don't have any state income tax, you know, because they just make you pay higher taxes, which favors the wealthy, but whatever. <laughs> and, you know, Ron DeSantis is their governor. They've got Matt Gates as one of their, their reps. Uh, it's It literally is a showcase of some of the worst the Republican Party has to offer. So, of course, that's what you're going to use as your example. I think it's probably uh, Florida and Texas are probably the two highest GDP uh, traditionally red quote unquote states, even though, you know, Miami's very Democrat and same thing in, in Texas, you have areas that are very heavily Democrat as well. It's not as simple as red state, blue state, but it's Marjorie Taylor Greene. She is nothing if not simple. And I don't know what you would do. Do those people get to vote then? If you're like a Democratic voter, then you already live there. Do you still get to vote? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, and this isn't even the first time she's done stuff like this before, where she even actually had a poll on Twitter before this saying, should the states split up from blue states? And of those, I think I have the data here. Yeah, almost 85,000 people responded and a close majority of 47.7% said they supported staying together while 9% said they were undecided. Green then later touted that on, of course, Steve Bannon's podcast, saying that the 43% of people who said they wanted to split should serve as a wake-up call to Democrats. I imagine you would see similar numbers in California, and that kind of talk has come up before from people that are sick of having to both finance and deal with the, basically, the, the untilted balance that the rural states get in the Senate. So check off another Republican for being stupid this week and we'll move on well speaking of stupid republicans which is really all we've been doing so far this week let's talk about tucker carlson and ted cruz so i had actually no idea about this story until you just showed it to me yeah it's a good one uh so where this started was on wednesday when he was speaking at a senate rules committee oversight hearing as part of his speech ted cruz said and i quote we are approaching a solemn anniversary this week and it is an anniversary of of a violent terrorist attack on the Capitol, where we saw the men and women of law enforcement demonstrate incredible courage, incredible bravery, risk their lives for the Capitol. So he Seems. called the tourist uh, expedition to the Capitol on January 6th, uh, as the, the Republican Party wants to present it, he called that a violent terrorist attack. This, it was. This, of course, did not sit well with Republican Party leader Tucker Carlson, who on his top-rated Fox News cable network show, national show, 
said that uh, Cruz's comments were not appropriate, quote, of all of the things January 6th was, it was definitely not a violent terrorist attack. It wasn't an insurrection. Was it a riot? And you got a picture that I have like a both irritated and like quizzical look on my right. face, which just is very Tucker confused. Carlson, yeah. right? Like really confused, but angry. I was just say, I was just say really confused, but angry about it. Yeah, that's Tucker Carlson. He's both confused and angry at the same time. Was it a riot? Sure. It was not a violent terrorist attack. Sorry. So why are you telling us that it was Ted Cruz? You're making us think maybe the Republican party is as worthless as we suspected it was. So according to Ted Cruz, he then messaged Tucker Carlson that night to ask if he could please, please come on Tucker Carlson's show so that he could explain himself. And oh my God, if you have like five minutes, yeah, watch, find the video, watch it. Watch Tucker Carlson just rip Ted Cruz a new one. And Ted Cruz roll over and show his oh belly. Oh my God. <laughs> So uh, Tucker Carlson had him on. He said, you called this a terror attack. That's a lie. You told that lie on purpose. And I'm wondering why you did. Well, this was also after the fact that he was like buttering him saying, and, you know, there's a lot of very smart people in Congress. And you're, you know, you're one of the really smart ones. I know you are. You're smarter than me. You're smarter than me. So why did you lie to us all? Uh, And then uh, Ted Cruz said that he had, it was poorly phrased and sloppy, sloppy. even though he's used the words like terror attack four times in the last year to describe. So like he didn't just misspeak or use the wrong word. Although that's of course what he's going to say happened to uh, Pope Tucker Carlson because Tucker Carlson didn't like it. So he's got (laughs) to, you know, grovel and kiss the ring and. Say he's been a bad, bad boy. And uh, Tucker Carlson did not just let him say that. Uh, He kept pushing him on it. And he's like, no, no, I don't. I don't believe. Why did you say that that way then? And then basically Ted Cruz had to just keep walking it back and say, no, I I know I wasn't calling the the peaceful protesters that were there in support of Trump uh, terrorists. I was just saying the people that were attacking the the police officers, because I always say that if you attack a police officer, you're a terrorist, uh, which... Tucker Carlson, I think, rightly said, no, you then you're you assault a police officer doesn't make you a terrorist. And rather than explain to Tucker that when you use political violence in order to change the outcome of an election, that is 100 percent terrorism. <laughs> and that's why he used those words. Yep. Uh, he said, no, I, I I made a mistake. I'm sorry. Don't don't hurt me, Daddy Tucker. Uh, and it was just it was just pathetic. It was disgusting and just sniveling and he's a coward he's a freaking yeah, coward he's a spineless coward you know the the right the the especially the people online love to throw around the word cuck all the time they love calling everyone cucks sure uh here you know doesn't fit the actual definition of the word but uh if you want to use that slang term ted cruz 100 is a cuck <laughs> and he got cucked by tucker carlson on live network television or on live cable television but again this and we talked about this but right before that we started recording what makes me so mad though with tucker carlson is that the same guy in the same fox news crowd would openly call black lives matter protesters terrorists in a freaking second and they did they did all summer long all year long in 2020 they call black lives matter protesters terrorists so what's the point of saying anything's a freaking terrorist attack what's not when it comes to tucker carlson because at the end of the day it doesn't matter 
sure. If I like what you did and you're on my side, fine. I'm, I'll never call you a terrorist. Actor. You were patriots at the end of the day. It's ridiculous, man. And this isn't even the first time Ted Cruz has acted this way. Donald Trump, during the, the Republican primary, called Ted Cruz's wife ugly and said that his dad had a role in the Kennedy assassination. And Ted Cruz is like a huge water carrier for Donald Trump and has been the last four years. Because, as you said, he is a coward. He is a coward. Has Does not have any backbone or any spine. Will just roll over if it's convenient for him. And that's who the people of the state of Texas want as their representative. Someone who's not even going to stand up for himself, let alone them. Let's end the headline section on the only bit of good news that we have. Let's have it. The murderers of Ahmad Arbery were sentenced to life in prison. Good. And that includes, and we're not going to say their names, we kind of have a history of not uh, saying the names of people who com- commit crimes generally, just because I don't I don't want to. But there was the father and son and then their neighbor. The father and son were convicted to life in prison without the possibility of parole. And the neighbor was sent to life in prison with parole. Correct. So, and this is, they literally lynched, uh, there's a three white, older white guys who lynched a black man in the middle of the street because they thought that he was committing crimes. This happened in Georgia. It was literally a lynching. Ahmaud Aubrey was jogging in the area. He had jogged through a construction site, a, a home that was in the process of being built. And, you know, to these three guys, that meant that he was uh, a burglar, even though he took nothing and was like jogging. What's he going to fit in his pockets? But that's he was, you know, casing the joint or I don't know, whatever. Yeah, the, the guys claimed that he was trying to like scope out a place to rob later. So they decided to run him down in their pickup truck. Of course, the pickup truck got into an altercation with him and ultimately shot him in the street to death. So that's good news that there is some consequence for killing an arm, unarmed black man, at least if you're not a police officer. I completely agree. I mean, we were kind of hoping that this would have been as open and shut as we would have thought it was, and it turned out it was. I was scared to death after the Rittenhouse thing, and even though it turned out fine, the whole um, oh guy was a, was a porter, the cop who shot the other guy with a taser. Well, yeah, yeah. It was a t- you know, mm-hmm. there was concern over that one too. So I was still kind of concerned with this one. It's good news, legitimately. It's very good news yeah and their defense was that they were trying to make a citizen's arrest which that law Get out is, here with yeah gar- garbage and that law is literally a law to uh allow people to capture escaped slaves it's good like 150 year old law Ugh. Good defense. So, uh, rot in prison, uh, you human garbage. I hope we never hear from any of these three people ever again. That was really a productive segment, wasn't it? It's hard to get any word in with this clown. On to our main topic for today. Let's talk about yesterday january 6th yesterday the anniversary of the insurrection the failed coup attempt by supporters of donald trump to violently overthrow the transition of power to and, joe biden and definitely not a violent terrorist attack yeah i don't want tucker carlson to yell at me i'll totally <laughs> give a shit about that so let's start with actually talking about the speech president biden made yesterday in his speech he actually slammed republicans and trump pretty hard i'd probably argue this is one of his most aggressive speeches he's made as president i've seen a lot of people react very positively to this speech i've said it before his speech writers are very good yes he just he needs some work (laughs) 
<laughs> and a quote from his speech. And here's the truth. The former president of the United States of America has created and spread a web of lies about the 2020 election. He's done so because he values power over principle. He also said, you can't love your country only when you win. You can't obey the law only when it's convenient. You can't be patriotic when you embrace and enable lies. What were your thoughts about this speech? Mostly positive. A lot of things I'd have liked to have heard a year ago. I mean, yes, I agree with that. Versus waiting until the anniversary to bring all of this up and and to be so forceful and aggressive against it. There was one part that I did not care for. I, I feel like he still has this unrealistic view. And we've been talking about this all throughout the headlines. Sure. The Republican Party is not the Republican Party of 10 years ago. Sure. When, you know, you had Mitt Romney or John McCain as the Republican nominee. And as, as the average Republican, too. Right. And I think that still the way Joe Biden feels about the Republican Party or that somehow just by his force of will, he's going to be able to turn it back into that. Uh, From the speech, he said, while some courageous men and women in the Republican Party are standing against it, trying to uphold the principle of that party, (laughs) too many others are transforming that party into something else. They seem no longer to want to be the party of Lincoln, Eisenhower, Reagan, the Bushes, which (laughs) right. But whatever my other disagreements are with Republicans who support the rule of law and not the role of a single man, I will always seek to work together with them to find shared solutions where possible. And that's just naive. And he said it, though, like there's some people who don't agree with the direction of the Republican Party, but there are many others. Well, no, it sounds like this is happening now. Like it's starting to transform into something bad. It's done. Yeah, it's over with. You look at Liz Cheney got kicked out of the Republican Party of Wyoming. She's despised. Yeah, she'll never get on any committee or have any assignments ever again. You have Republicans in this next coming cycle, Adam Kinzinger and Anthony Gonzalez, who are, who are, not receiving yeah, who are, are retiring because they can't handle the modern Republican Party. And it's not just the people that are elected. It's the voters. It's the base. Yes. They're all lunatics. The Republican Party is literally the party of the people who stormed the freaking Capitol. That's that's who this party's for now. That's it. And I think that's a problem that, that Biden just doesn't want to see it that way. That he wants to go back to, you know, my old buddy John McCain and not Marjorie Taylor Greene and Tom Cotton and Josh Hawley and Matt Gates and Lauren Boebert and, and Madison Cawthorn. And the names go on and on and on because there's way more of them than there are Mitt Romney's left. Well, and that's the other thing, too, is that it's no, I mean, there's always people who hate the president with a burning passion, right? You always hear about how presidents should, will get death threats and whatever from just random crazies and partisans. Fine. But you now have active current members of Congress who want to see this president dead, who want to see this guy attacked. I guarantee if they take the House, which likely they will in 2022, Biden will be impeached the first day that that House is in session. Or Well, the Republican Party already said that's their plan. I can't remember who said that recently, but someone just came out saying, yeah, if maybe it was Ted Cruz, I don't remember. But they literally said if the Republicans take the House again, they plan on impeaching Biden. Yeah, just as revenge. Right. For Trump rightfully being impeached and should have been convicted. Twice. Twice. And now that's just a tool. It doesn't even matter anymore. And of course, because what we just talked about, irony is dead, I guess. Republicans completely dismissed the speech, went crazy because they would prefer a leader who cares about unity than such a divisive 
of President and Joe Biden. Hang Mike Pence. Hey, I mean, what? <laughs> House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy said in a letter, unfortunately, one year later, the majority party seems no closer to answering the central question of how the Capitol was left so unprepared and what must be done to ensure it never happens again. Instead, they are using it as a partisan political weapon to further divide our country. Don't use the political violence that happened at the Capitol of the United States of America as a political partisan weapon. Well, and that's what makes you so angry. Don't, don't politicize this. Even Trump said it in his um, one of his four wacky statements on January 6th. He said the Democrats want to own this day of January 6th so they can stoke fears and divide America. I say let them have it because America sees through their lies. The person who's never said anything that wasn't a lie. Well, right. In his entire life. But I just I can't even fathom the audacity of Republicans calling and for Donald unity. Donald Trump specifically right. saying they're trying to stoke fears and divide America no on the kidding. anniversary of the day that he said that the Democrats are stealing your country. Go get it. Let's go down to the Capitol. I'll be right there with you. I, I won't be. I'm going to be back, you know, in the White House and not with you at all, but I'll be right there with you and we'll go down and we'll tell them what we really think and fight for our country. Well, and even at saying how this is a partisan weapon that Democrats are using, the attack was a partisan attack. They were waving Trump hey. Flags. They wanted to hang both Nancy Pelosi and Mike Pence. Oh. <laughs> it was it was it was bipartisan. They were reaching across yeah, the aisle, literally. <laughs> so we want to reflect and talk about the day that happened a year ago, and we thought a decent way to do that was actually to discuss the recent HBO documentary Four Hours at the Capitol. Now, this is not the New York Times documentary, which I thought was very very good. It was only only forty five minutes long. Well worth the watch. I think both of them you should watch. This one is about an hour and a half. Yeah, where the New York times one really focused on explaining how the day took place and how it how the timeline really happened the hbo documentary really focused on the people and interviews would you say that yeah it was it was much more of a like first person view account so they wanted to feature the people that they were using their footage yeah and kind of get their story of what they experienced which honestly i believe kind of a mistake but well and let's talk about that so they had a bunch of people who were voluntarily at the rally and who stormed the Capitol. So let's start with one of them you have here, which is uh, Nick Alvier. Was this the the director and the filmmaker? He, yeah, he was. He's a supposed filmmaker. He's basically just a QAnon weirdo. You can find his. He's still got a YouTube channel up, which how that wasn't a provision of his plea agreement i don't know but he still makes QAnon videos they're extremely rambling they're extremely long they make no sense it's just like any QAnon thing where i you have to do all the drugs i think in order to try to understand it and he's the person that's famous for smoking weed in the capitol rotunda and uh passing out joints to people he is a true believer QAnon. tom hanks is harvesting adrenochrome yeah from kids and drinking it that's this guy some of the other conspiracy theories that that you can find on on his youtube channel uh we're all living in a simulation very matrix uh heavy references which i put maybe on there it's the only one that i'd give you a maybe on is is the simulation <laughs> 
prove it's not true. Uh, the Earth is flat. He's flat earther. The giants are real. And the Smithsonian is hiding evidence. <laughs> there's also like, there's no such thing as forests. I don't know. It's a, it's a very, that one was very weird. I tried watching it. I feel like you would done a really crazy rabbit hole for. Yeah, I just episode. was writing these down. Uh, the next two I got, the last two, I think these are just QAnon. Like a lot of QAnon people believe these, but I don't know. I just, I thought they were interesting when I was going through it. Uh, Kathy Griffin. Okay. Is secretly Carter Cooper, who was Anderson Cooper's brother, also the well, the son of Gloria Vanderbilt, you know, of the Vanderbilt fame, who was also Anderson Cooper's mom. Um, what? And, and Carter Cooper committed suicide in 1988, jumped off of the penthouse balcony. That instead, that didn't happen. That Carter Cooper is Kathy Griffin. That is a theory, apparently. Also, and I've heard this one before, but uh, this guy seems to be a big proponent of this one. That Michelle Obama is a man. Because, of course. Has two daughters, but whatever. We'll skip over that. But did you see her arms? (laughs) Right. She's kind of buff. I don't know. So that's Nick Alvier. Again, not presented like they don't. That's kind of my problem is they don't get into the background of any of these people. They don't, you know, they're just kind of present. He's presented as this lovable stoner who, and he looks like he's high during the the, the entire time. Like, oh yeah. And we'll, and we'll talk about that too. I just kind of want to get through these main um, people. So I want to talk about my favorite guy. Uh, I think his name is pronounced Koi. I think it's Koi. Koi Griffin the cowboys for trump yeah <laughs> He, he and he I found out and this isn't in the documentary but he is a county commissioner in Otero County New Mexico oh dear god <laughs> oh no <laughs> so he holds public office ah. uh, he said that he doesn't believe those breaking into the Capitol building were really Trump supporters you know he's probably one of those guys they're actually Antifa or the FBI now that's a big theory that it was the FBI that was leading you know it was deep state everything but, uh, keep in mind he broke into the Capitol. He was outside. I'm not sure. In that documentary, they always show him being outside on like the balcony. No, he because he got fully arrested for it. Too. He did get arrested. And they held him for it. So I almost positive actually it broke in for it. It's possible. We don't see it in the documentary. He's the guy who's like praying outside with everyone. He's one of those people. Sure. He, he's not a good person though. No, Again, he's a, he's uh, some person. of his background, he has a history of making racist comments. He told people who supported playing the Black National anthem at football games to go back to africa what yep i uh, called those who oppose the confederate flag vile scum and in the spring of 2020 and he's supposedly a good friend with donald trump and has met with him mul- many times while trump was in office trump tweeted a photo of him telling a crowd of supporters that the only good democrat is a dead democrat oh that's the guy so i remember that story yeah. so again public office in otero county new mexico and they tried to get him recalled, and it, the measure failed. Oh, my the God. The guy's, like, in jail and... <laughs> and all this stuff. Jesus Christ. Uh, one of the the quotes from him in the documentary after he was arrested, he was held for nine days. This was like my favorite quote of the entire documentary. And he was complaining that they never gave him a phone call or a shower when he was being held. His quote, I'm a fan of capital punishment. No, no hang on. Hang on. You gotta say it right. Because I'm not. I can't. I, I, no, no, here. I'll, no, you can I'll do it. Y'all see, I'm a fan of capital punishment and hard labor. I'll, I'll say But to deprive a man of a shower for nine days is un-American. It's inhumane, and it should have never happened. I'm a fan of capital punishment. And hard 
labor. But not giving you a shower is inhumane. This dude would actively enslave people. Uh, yeah, I'm and, sure he'd be 100% for it. And he would, like, but the idea of having anything happen to him and have consequences for him, that's inhumane. Well, and the thing is, so he doesn't care what happens to prisoners unless, until he's a prisoner. Because literally, not literally. getting a shower for nine days is not that unusual in prison. You're constantly on lockdowns. Things happen. Somebody gets stabbed or there's a fight breaks out. They'll lock you down for weeks on end. Yep. And you don't get to leave your cell during lockdown. And I'm guessing what probably happened to him, knowing the timeline of when these things occurred, there were probably staff shortages and COVID outbreaks where he was being held. That's probably why he didn't get a shower for nine days. And I agree that it's inhumane. But that's why we need prison reform. <laughs> I I lost it. I lost it when I heard that quote. That was insane. So yes, the guy who's totally a fan of the justice system until he's a victim of it. And still, I, I'm a fan. I still can't get over that. I'm a fan of capital punishment, but not getting a shower is is too far. So who we got next? We got douche- if they had just electrocuted me to death, that would have been fine. <laughs> so who we got next? We got douchebag on a scooter. Eddie Block, not to be confused with Venom Eddie Brock. Uh, he is the proud boy member who is featured pretty heavily he is has some uh physical issues he's in a wheelchair for most of it it's like not like a regular wheelchair it's one of those like high-end like scooter hover around kind of wheelchairs he can walk he just has a cane and he has difficulty walking so he despite loving the proud boys and 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 being in there and you can see the proud boys they're flashing their uh white supremacist hand signals throughout in the documentary they do like this whole like walk like like badass walk up thing coming around you know and like they're like playing cool music and like you have a bunch of these like tough guys wearing like leather vests and all that stuff and you have this guy who's just like rolling around in his little scooter I I'm pretty awesome too, guys. Look at me go. So he was all happy with everything that happened at the Capitol, except at the end. He was, left him. He was upset. The Proud Boys left him at so the Capitol. They carried apparently they carried him up the Capitol steps. <laughs> But when everyone was dispersing, they didn't bother to carry him back down again. So he was left up there. And the D.C. police and and Capitol police were a little irritated that they had to then help this guy, you know, after they were fighting these people all day and they're exhausted and beaten. They have to now help this guy with his scooter to get down the steps because all of his buddies, the Proud Boys, left him behind. And you literally see footage of Capitol police officers carrying this very heavy gentleman on a scooter down several flights of stairs because again it's not a regular wheelchair this thing you know it's really heavy it's basically like a got batteries and everything in it it's not even just like an electric wheelchair it's it's more modern than that and yeah so i imagine it's a couple hundred pounds and the entire time this guy's so rude and like well don't break my stuff it's really expensive right and he was upset that they were they were mean to him literally he's like that they were irritated they didn't want to do it and they rather just shove him down the steps than help him but they I, the audacity <laughs> the literal audacity of this dude i hey, hey, he was like oh i can't they were dicks well and he was so what? proud he was like i guess you could say i was the last one standing at the capitol that day because <laughs> no bro you couldn't get down you. the stairs <laughs> get out of here are you serious so, screw this guy some of his background uh, in 2020 he ran for madera county in california a supervisor but lost Thank God. 
he lost because a couple months before the polls uh, opened there in January of 2020, he was arrested for a DUI. <laughs> He lost control of his Dodge Ram because, of course, you have a big pickup truck uh, crashing into a parked car and a home before leaving the scene. Oh, he left the scene. Oh, dear. But the is he in jail again now? Please tell me he is. Uh, no, his home was raided, and and they show footage of that in the documentary. And all of the footage that he had captured, and pretty much all of his electronics were seized by the FBI. He was not charged. Ugh. And then we come to kind of what I would consider to be the main character, at least of the second part of the documentary, uh, Michael Fanone. This was pretty powerful. A DC Metro police officer, twenty-year veteran of the DC Metro police force who was dragged out of the Capitol tunnel that was being defended by police and beaten by the crowd. He was tased. People were threatening to take his gun and shoot him with it. He suffered a minor heart attack during this incident. He was beaten unconscious before finally he was helped back to the police lines and they pulled him back in to give him medical attention. And if I don't remember correctly, I think he's also a military veteran. No, it was his partner. His partner was a military veteran. Yes. yes. And they were talking about, so like a lot of their story was talking about because they were coming in late. Yeah, he came in near the end of the riot. So they were like fresh bodies that they pushed to kind the of towards the front of the line to so, give some other people a break. Right, because if you remember from the riots themselves, there were at several points of entry, tons and tons of Trump supporters pushing lines. Uh, you mean Antifa agents oh, yeah, and yeah, FBI, deep state? Yeah, yeah because literally they say, we need more patriots in front. They mean Antifa. But literally you'll have you'll see all these videos about how hundreds of Trump supporters are pushing against lines of cops to try to get them to break the line so they can put push further into the Capitol literally push further into the Capitol you may have seen and I, we don't have the guy's name uh, on here but it was actually there was another clip that kind of went viral of the officer getting like crushed like up against I think it was like a door frame yeah, or and something kind of screaming his face his screaming. Uh, gas mask gets pulled off his face yeah so they actually interviewed him for um this as well as well as a bunch of other people it was a very brief it's basically he just said exactly what you see right like someone took my face mask off and then i was getting crushed so i was yelling right and i didn't think i could breathe and then eventually i got enough space to get out of there right and that was his whole story so if and his partner who were i think patrolling the grounds saw what happened and they rushed to the doors immediately volunteered to be bodies up front because they knew everyone was because they were like getting pushed for what was like several hours right so like these people i mean imagine fighting somebody you know and how exhausting like that would be. sumo wrestling for right for like <laughs> yeah. four hours straight sumo wrestling for four hours straight so they immediately go up front and they're talking about how at least i remember his partner was talking about how he's like i fought and bled for this country and you dare mock my patriotism and he was like call the, him a traitor yeah and he was called a traitor as they were walking up all the people that were milling around all those peaceful protesters who respect law enforcement were calling the police traitors as they were walking up to the capital to assist and what I really liked about Fanon's testimony was, I mean, the dude's not a straight up lib. Like, he's just not. He He's a cop. Right. <laughs> and he, he's a very stereotypical looking cop. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of like tough, rough looking dude. Got tattoos all over the place. Really doesn't sound like he like takes any crap from anybody. Like probably would. The guy that'll beat you and plant drugs on you. Really? I mean, I'm not kidding. Yeah. And I remember him literally saying, I served 20 years at, in the DC, or DC Metro. And literally him saying, I think it was what well, was 
line. Like, and it pisses me off that the president sent all these rioters towards my brothers in arms. It was so good. I I don't know. And he said he voted for Trump in 2016. Yes. Uh, but not 2020. It sounded like the way he phrased it, like he didn't either he voted third party or didn't vote. It's not like he voted for Biden. Right, right. He, he definitely didn't say that. So I think that's why I really want to just reiterate. This was not like a I'm a typical Democrat. Right. right. So what this guy, you know, is really public thing happened to him. You'd see him in a lot of the footage being carried away from the line and just getting the crap beat out of him. His body camera is on during this time. And you can hear everything that's going on. He's screaming. He's getting tased. He's pleading for his life. Telling everybody, I've got kids. kids, Don't kill me. And finally, they they decide to let him up and drag him. They ask him where you know where do you want to go? And he wanted to go obviously back to the line where all the cops were. So they drug him physically because he can't. You know he's beaten and battered and he can't move anymore. Well, he lost consciousness. Yeah. Once they started dragging him up there, yeah, he goes out. Uh, And they literally thought he was going to die. He was having a heart. He had a heart attack. Yeah. uh, And he was having a hard time breathing. and they got him inside and they were working on him and he finally regained consciousness. So it was a big public story and he became like a kind of the face of the police force and the response to this because he was very outspoken of, about what happened to him. His story is very interesting because he went through this big journey. Right. Essentially. And, you know, again, these people that love the police, blue lives matter, and they nearly beat this guy to death. Well, we even see footage. I mean, I'm sure, you know, this is nothing new at this point, but you see like people with blue lives matter flags beating cops. There was, yeah, a flag. It said police lives matter. Yeah. And they were using it to, to beat, beat a cop. A cop like, over it's the head. crazy. It, so what happened to this 20 year veteran? Literal hero. While he's telling this story uh, and standing up for the police in this and, and getting mad at Republican lawmakers who are downplaying and saying, oh, this is just like a tourist event. You, you never know that there was anything wrong. You know, Ron Johnson famously tried to downplay mm-hmm. it. It was just a peaceful protest. Yeah. It was, and he was speaking out against that and saying, no, you, it, it made him very angry that they would do that and to diminish what he went through and the fact that he nearly died, that multiple police officers did die mm-hmm. uh, in the line of duty. They highlighted four other officers uh, have committed suicide uh, since that day. And overall, the suicide rate for police officers is very high. Mm -hmm. Because he was speaking out, uh, according to Officer Fanon, he was ostracized by his fellow officers uh, and that they would repeatedly criticize him on like uh, messaging boards that they have. Like their uh, forums and stuff. Right, for police. And he has since left the D.C. Police Department five years before he could get his full pension at the end of this year so just last week which again i just i don't even understand the guy was advocating for the dc police and they hated him for it and his quote is uh, and this was not in the documentary because this is something that just recently happened clearly there are some members of our department who feel their oath is to donald trump and not the constitution i no longer felt like i could trust my fellow officers and decided it was time to make a change so there's your that's crazy year veteran of the police force who you know you hear him talk in that documentary it sounded like you know he was a lifer that he loved being a cop and like i said probably planting evidence on people beating (laughs) them up your typical cop 
But like literally though, like again, I just, I can't even imagine. And this is where we talk about how this is literally a cult where you have somebody who is criticizing the former president, criticizing the rioters, and he still gets blacklisted for it by the people who he's advocating for. Because he's speaking out against their, their true Messiah. Man, I just, oh my God. So that's kind of an overview of, of what you'll get there. It's like you said, it's very personal. It delves into specific people. Some of the problems I had with it and, and we kind of talked about and I tried to highlight here is I don't think it went into enough of the background uh, of anyone. It just presented them in like a very here's what we have in the video and that's all we're going to talk about. We're not yeah. going to talk about who these people actually are yeah. and and you know why they were there. I, I don't think it put any context of the story. Why did those protests happen? It just started literally like here's early morning. The guy in the wheelchair was getting there to try to hear Trump speak and he was too late so he had to, he went to the capitol and so that's where it starts and it doesn't explain well why are they there what prompted them to be there in the first place why did everyone think that the election was stolen what what were they protesting there's none of that no and i i think that's important i think they should have showed footage of donald trump and other officials saying that the election was stolen show rudy giuliani in front of the the uh, landscaping company right you know saying that no the election isn't over we won that you know the the democrats are trying to steal it joe biden did not get more votes than donald trump donald trump is the real president they didn't show any of that i thought they could have also it just seemed to end it did yeah i thought they could have bookended it with what's going on currently the push to change election law and to get the the vote certification because the whole thing hinged around they didn't even really talk about what congress was in session to do honestly they they go over it briefly but they didn't even talk about how those the the certified votes were there in the chambers that it was staff workers who just you know had the the wherewithal to grab them and keep them out of the hands of the rioters once they broke through into the senate they didn't really show a lot of the context no and that currently the republican party is trying to get that certification power into the hands of the republican controlled state legislatures in many of the the swing states the battleground states including wisconsin which is something that is going on right, right now, now. Yep. Uh, and that's very important and they didn't they didn't really bring any of that up so i was overall i would say personally i was disappointed in it so that kind of actually goes into like a little bit of my issues with it as well where first and foremost it seemed definitely unequally balanced and i think it's because of the lack of context that you're talking about so what i mean by the unequally balanced portion is that i don't know if that was like the point of the documentary or what but basically like there was definitely some parts where i felt the rioters and the insurrectionists were were portrayed as like in a somewhat positive light. I don't know if it was the purpose to like just see how their perspective was and that was it. You want the most raw takes possible. That may have been what they wanted. But for example, like that crazy conspiracy theorist guy, I didn't know right off the bat that he was a crazy conspiracy theorist. You actually learn that later when he starts talking about QAnon and crap. And I think there's just a lot of times where you have like very positive music going on in the background and there's just no context for what these people are talking about. That sounds like what they're doing is a good thing. 
And they're saying things like January 6th was a beautiful day for democracy and a great day for our country. And then there's no follow up in the documentary. There's no refutation of that. Later then it goes in and they eventually show all the bad things. But there were just parts that just really irked me and rubbed me the wrong way that I don't know, just because of how they felt. They tried to do like a both sides thing with this and it just seemed very weird. And I guess that's kind of also going into like my other problem with it, which was maybe because I've seen a lot of these types of documentaries where it was something like, oh, I did this back then. I was an extremist. I'm not anymore. And I expected something like to turn around or have like a turn of face and say, I can't believe I used to be like that. I can't believe I stormed the Capitol. I'm much better now. There is no remorse from any of these people. Nothing. When you end the documentary, literally all these people are like, hell yeah, I do it again. That was great. It was one of the best days of my entire life. The only real refutation comes from the Cowboys for Trump guy who was definitely irritated that Trump let them all out to dry. But that was it. Yeah, that's it. And he changed the name of the group from Cowboys for Trump to Cowboys for America. By right. The way. But like, he was the one that literally said January 6th was a beautiful day for our country. Yeah, his only problem was that Trump didn't defend them more. Right. And But even so, they also interviewed several people who were at the Capitol, uh, like Nancy Pelosi's staff. They interviewed Democrat and Republican lawmakers like Adam Kinzinger, Chuck Schumer. Buddy, what's his face from Georgia, the or, Republican. Right. They had two of course, Republicans. Of course, the guy's name was Buddy. Yeah, they had two Republicans and like five or six different Democrats. But yeah, that Buddy guy, he just straight up said, yeah, I mean, if I would have to do this again, I totally would. A hundred more vote. times. Yeah, I would totally vote to not certify the election results. Playing into the same conspiracy theory, even though we're seeing what's going on and there's just no remorse at all. And that one really disturbed me. <laughs> one thing I think that did strike me uh, watching this, and, I, and it was definitely not a focus of the documentary, but it definitely did highlight the Christian nationalism. Yeah, it really that, did. That was at the center of this attack. There were constant references to Trump being divinely anointed yep. to be president, that Trump was sent by God yep. to be the president. And people were praying constantly. They show a lot of footage of prayer. And it's you know, to me, it just shows how it's so easy to justify this kind of violence. If you can believe that God is on your side and you know, God's not going to say he's not right. So God can be on everybody's side if you want him to be. And that's how you can justify, you know, yeah, I love the police force, uh, but I'm going to beat the co- this cop with this flag because Jesus tells me to. And, you know, Jesus is a higher authority. So what would you say is the strongest moment of the documentary for you? Oh, uh, definitely the body camera footage of uh, Officer Fanon when he's getting beaten by the, and you can hear the taser going off and he's screaming and begging for his life is definitely the strongest moment for me i that was definitely up there for me i think for me because i wasn't ready for it was the ending with the um officers who committed suicide that was a pretty tough thing to get through where they talked and they interviewed family members of the officers who said they would come home and they just were never yeah the the, like the wife uh said the her husband police officer came home he was off duty yeah. for a while uh went back on duty it was the first day back yeah on the job that you know she was like yeah i kissed him told him i would see him when he got home and he never came home because he killed himself right that the first day back on the job yeah it it was that was rough that was really hard for me to get through so i would definitely recommend watching this it's not the greatest documentary but if you want to feel like a first person perspective yeah uh 
and just get really into the minds of what these people are like. It, it's going to make you very unsettled and uncomfortable, but I think it's at least worth watching. And then to kind of wrap this whole section up, we kind of just want to talk about what's going on right now with the January 6th investigation, what updates are happening, and where are we going to go from here? So as of right now, the DOJ estimated that between 2,000 and 2,500 people entered the Capitol on January 6th. Investigators have gone through more than 20,000 hours of video footage and actually searched through over 15 terabytes of data, which is a ton. And at this point, more than 725 people have been arrested in connection with the Capitol riots. At least 165 of them have pled guilty, 145 of them um, to misdemeanors, and the rest to felonies. So only 20 felonies. Yeah. And then approximately 70 have been sentenced, around 30 received prison time, and the others got probation. Yeah, for the most part, the sentencing on this is extremely light. Light. Well, and that's where uh, Merrick Garland, the head of the DOJ, is getting a lot of flack from the left for this. And even more recently this week, the um, January 6th investigation has also reached out to Sean Handy, who is a Fox News correspondent, about his role with the Mark Meadows tweets that they uh, we previously talked about them in a recent episode, because apparently he had advanced knowledge of what was going on before. So, for example, on December 31st of 2020, Sean Handy texted Mark Meadows, quote, we can't lose the entire White House Counsel's office. I do not see January 6th happening the way he is being told. After the 6th, he should announce we will lead the nationwide effort to reform voting integrity. Showing that Donald Trump was being fed some information from somewhere about how he's going to be still the president somehow, some way. Another one on January 20th after the January 6th riot saying, guys, we have a clear path to land the plane in nine days. He can't mention the election again. Ever. I did not have a good call with him today, and worse, I'm not sure what is left to do or say, and I don't like not knowing if it's truly understood. Saying that he's actually talked to President Trump, and he's extremely concerned with what he was doing. There's Sean Hannity, leading Republican official. Oh wait, no, I'm sorry, journalist? Right. Fair and balanced. So we're still waiting to hear back if Sean Hannity will comply or do anything. Obviously, he'll probably follow what a lot of other people are doing, which is saying, screw off, and give him the middle finger and we'll see what happens from there and we also just heard today that actually mike pence will be asked to voluntarily appear in front of the january 6th panel to give his own personal testimony and i don't know what's going to happen with that i'd have to assume he's not going to do it i don't know he seems to still be a, a bootlicker even though trump definitely was willing to sacrifice his life right in order to remain president he still seems like a true believer so i think he wants to run for president i'm sure he does but that kind of puts a wrap on the whole thing we'll still keep headlines going as they come in and we'll give you updates about what's happening with this let's not forget that what happened a year ago was it's not over it's not over it's happening right now and this was a direct result from republicans and donald trump pushing conspiracy theories and misinformation constantly and they're still doing it and they're still trying to basically take over the election process this attempted coup was to try to subvert the election and to try to steal power and they're still trying to steal it yes they've just moved on from well we need to decertify the election and bring in new rounds of 
electors and instead they've moved to we need to change the election laws and get the election power into the hands of republican controlled state legislatures so they can just decertify them themselves and appoint whatever electors they want yep that aren't going to listen to what the votes are because they're just going to say the votes are illegal anyway correct it's all fraud it's all dominion voting machines or whatever it is and they're just going to elect the republican nominee no matter what and it's still going on. It hasn't stopped. This coup attempt is still ongoing. And the only power we have in this is to vote. Make it as hard as possible. If the Republicans control those state legislatures, we need to take that power away. Yes, 100%. So don't just vote in the presidential election in 2024. Vote in your local elections every year and take the power out of the hands of people that don't care what your desire is, that they're only loyal to the Republican Party. That's what we can do do as a people is to say if that's who you're loyal to then you're not going to be in office completely agree so don't give up stay vigilant and god sounds cliche but never forget why this happened thank you for listening we hope to see you in the next episode you can find us on facebook and twitter at thinkpropod you can email us at thinkpropod at gmail.com and remember when in doubt think progressively Rand Paul, or let me try again. Senator Rand Paul was viscerously, viciously, Jesus Christ. I don't know what else to say. Um, That's all, folks.